Tomorrow's Wall Street Titan might be an AI bot. 40% of all open job roles in finance today are for AI-related hires, and almost half of firms cite AI as a way to improve customer experiences. Find out more about the impact of AI on finance later in the podcast. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is iconic fun. I mean, come on. The famous elevator. Right? Yes. So this is a, a really fun part of the design center and celebration of, of, of a part of Barbie's dream house. I'm Emily Chang, and this is The Circuit. The most popular doll of all time is finally getting her big screen debut. Barbie is an icon, a legend, a cultural lightning rod, and an 11 and a half inch piece of plastic who's represented and projected our biggest aspirations and flaws for more than 60 years. Her movie debut marks a big bet by Mattel, which hopes to turn legacy brands like Barbie, Hot Wheels, and Rock'em Sock'em into blockbuster franchises. Think Marvel, if they're lucky. With so much riding on her tiny but mighty shoulders, I've stepped into Barbie land to find out more about how her makers are inventing her next act. We start with a visit to the Mattel Design Center with President and COO Richard Dixon to get a behind-the-scenes look at how Barbie is made and has evolved over the decades. The feedback that we were getting from consumers was she just didn't seem relevant. I also meet two of the minds behind Barbie's new looks, Kim Kulmoni and Robert Best, to discover all the work and experimentation that goes into designing a more inclusive and diverse collection. Do you want to pull them off, off and course, tell I mean, me this, the story? Is there anyone that speaks well, to you? Well, I mean, gosh, they're they're all so beautiful. This, one, this is a pretty incredible. Okay. Pretty incredible wow. braid. Here's the circuit from inside Mattel's design studio. Welcome to the big garage. This is the design center. Okay. And right when you come in, you see, as I said, a tribute to our founders, uh, Ruth and Elliot. Okay. And what did she want to create? Like, what was the goal? In the origin story of the company, it was a, an entrepreneurial couple trying to create essentially the future of play. Barbie was, of course, Ruth Handler's claim to fame. Uh -huh. She was inspired by watching her daughter yeah. play out through paper dolls, imagining that she could be anything that she wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But what she realized also was her son, Ken, could also play out with action mm. figures and figures. And Barbie, of course, was invented with the idea that a girl should have those aspiration and inspirational ideas as well. And so the invention of the doll was really about Ruth's connection with her own daughter inspiring her to imagine that the, she could be anything that she wanted to be. Okay, and Barbie wasn't her daughter's name, right? Barbie Barbie Barbara. was her daughter? Of course it was. Barbie was her Barbara daughter's name? Oh, I didn't and know that. Kenneth. Uh, wow. Yeah, Barbara and Kenneth were uh, Ruth and Elliot's um, uh, son and daughter. Okay, just blew my mind. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So as you walk through the design center, it's a huge building with engineers and creatives and artists and designers yeah. from fashion and automotive and uh, just an incredible place of pure creativity. Right. And really, that's why I reference it as just a bigger garage. Big garage. And you've been working here for a pretty long time. I have been working here for a pretty long time. <laughs> so this is actually my second chapter. I left and somehow they got me back in. 
And of course, I've been here now a combination of 18 years, in fact. So you've personally seen a lot of Barbie's history. I've seen a lot of Barbie's <laughs> history, and I've been fortunate enough to be a part of that history as well. And yeah. our, our job here is to certainly leave it better than we found it and create the next generation yeah. of leadership to take it on to the next level. Wasn't she based on a gag gift? Well, there's a, there's a lot of narratives with Barbie, and okay. Barbie is a cultural conversation. But as far as we uh, are concerned <laughs> in the context of how Ruth spoke about Barbie, and that's the quote, my whole mm -hmm. philosophy of Barbie was that through the doll, mm -hmm. the little girl could be anything she wanted to be. Barbie always represented the fact that a woman has choices. Mm. And the fashions themselves at that time was really about girls experiencing what their choice would be and what their aspirational life would take them, uh, and ultimately how the brand was invented. And I didn't realize, so as I understand it, was she the first adult doll? She wasn't necessarily an adult doll. Well, we never said she's an adult doll. Well, she looks like she a grown-up. She looks like a grown-up, but she was actually a teenage. She okay. was positioned as a teenager. Okay. And her intent was really for younger girls, younger at that time, mm -hmm. let's call it tween, mm -hmm. to be inspired, to imagine that she could be anything that she mm -hmm. wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the doll itself, when it was taken to New York Toy Fair to be presented to retailers, uh, was really regarded as this, you know, adult toy, mm -hmm. if you will, that uh, got a lot of pushback from retailers mm. at the time. That being said, with the pursuit that Ruth in particular had around the empowerment position that she took mm. with this doll, it did break through and the industry actually played back the definition which became the fashion doll. Right. And that's how the fashion doll market segment was, uh, was invented. The first Barbie was a fashion model, right? The, the first Barbie was a fashion model, that's uh -huh. right. Yep. And then she expanded. And her then she evolved horizons. into many, many different careers, and ultimately today, with thousands of careers mm -hmm. represented, and today is the most diverse and inclusive doll brand in the world. Yeah. So she certainly had a complicated history. How do you reconcile that? Sort of preserving the history, but also rewriting it? Yeah. It's the world that talks about Barbie the way they are inspired to talk about Barbie. It's our job to make sure that we present Barbie based on her meaning and purpose and that she matters in people's lives as an inspiring tool yeah. for girls and boys around the world. She used to hold a book that said, don't eat. Like, mm. how do you think about that? The brand has always had um, uh, controversial moments in the context of some of the toys either that we invented or some of the narratives that were associated with the brand. Right, there was another Barbie that had a book, or there was another, a teen Barbie, I think, mm. that said, math class is tough. Yikes. Yeah, 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 there were. There were lots of uh, parts of our history that ultimately, in the moment that they were created, probably with the right intent, um, either were misinterpreted mm -hmm. Uh, or ultimately, you know, became part of a cultural conversation that had more negativity associated mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting about our brand is we actually present the brand to inspire other imaginations mm -hmm. to whatever they want to be and however they think of the brand. Barbie is an open-ended brand. Mm -hmm. So the, there is no start, middle, and end to it. It's really what you make of it. And so while there's been controversy and cultural conversations around it, our job has been to keep the brand relevant and current in the context of culture. Mm -hmm. still, still an 11 and a half inch doll from right. 1959 till now, mm -hmm. but we've diversified her, we've included lots of different ways that girls can see themselves in the brand, mm -hmm. and we take a lot of pride in the fact that we have evolved her mm -hmm. into a meaningful conversation that matters in people's lives. Mm -hmm. 
So now we're entering the Barbie section of the design center. And of course, you'll see everything Barbie, but in particular, our purpose on the wall there to inspire and nurture the limitless potential in every girl. Throughout this section here, as far as you can see, uh, is where the Barbie team sits. They work in a very collaborative, team-based environment. Mm -hmm. It's very much like a fashion company mm. uh, in miniature version. Interesting, because you're sort of, you're setting trends or you're taking the pulse of Well, we're a real fashion trendy. house. Barbie's wearing clothes. She has different looks and different outfits. Mm -hmm. Every one of them is designed by a, an apparel and fashion designer uh -huh. with backgrounds uh -huh. in the apparel space. We then have uh, face painters and pattern makers and uh, sewers and stitchers and uh -huh. all sorts of um, skill sets and talents and artisans that basically bring the brand to life, uh -huh. uh, much like real fashion brands. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super cool. Very cool. Especially in more recent years, you started doing consumer surveys and talking to kids about Barbie. Mm. What were they telling you? Well, we've gone through, <laughs> you know, a, an evolution of the brand. And back in uh, 2014, it was really marked a, a pivotal moment for us where the brand was not doing well in the marketplace. The, the feedback that we were getting from consumers was she just didn't seem relevant. Mm -hmm. uh, not only didn't she seem relevant, but she didn't look mm -hmm. as relevant as she had in the past. Mm -hmm. She wasn't as aspirational and she didn't represent the intrinsic values that we were promoting, but it wasn't breaking through in, in terms of our audience. So we took a hard look at essentially who we were and what we were saying and turned the conversation from what was I call a brand monologue, where we were telling the world what Barbie is, into a dialogue, where we were actually listening to our consumer tell us what they thought of our brand. And that was hard. Uh, and some of the things that we heard were difficult. Like um, what? That she wasn't a reflection of how the world looked, mm -hmm. of how you know, our world looked mm -hmm. in terms of diversity, mm -hmm. inclusiveness. Mm -hmm. She didn't represent the career aspirational values that we had built the brand on. Did kids say that? How, do you, how would kids frame that? Sort of the feedback that we got from kids was the, the play experience was not as fun. Yeah. It didn't represent uh, sort of real. And in our world, that play system is really role play. Yeah. And if we're not providing the right system of play for girls and kids to be inspired, yeah. then we're missing the mark. Yeah. So ultimately, we took a hard look at ourselves. We diversified the brand. We introduced 24 different skin tones representing right. ethnicities around the world that girls see. We changed her body and introduced nine different shapes, tall, petite, curvy, and et cetera. We kept the original, but we expanded for choice. We started to recognize women of achievement mm. and honor them with their own Barbie to be able to show girls you can be whoever you inspired mm -hmm. uh, to be mm -hmm. based on the accomplishments of women around the world. Right. So highlighting those stories for girls also helped us create that. Um, you didn't start releasing the new body types until 2016. Mm -hmm. What do you say to folks who think it's too late for a rebrand? Like it just took too long. Well, look, I think when we look at the connection that we have with those who love us mm -hmm. uh, and with those who are starting to understand more about the value of mm -hmm. Barbie play, mm -hmm. that's who we want to make sure connects to our brand. Mm. We can't please everybody. Yeah. We have a strong uh, purpose. We have a reason for being. We have a brand that matters. And it's our job to ensure that the, those who, who really respond to our play pattern are inspired by it and can feel connected in a moment where their development needs are being met. Do you think Mattel should have changed faster? Should Barbie have changed faster, in your view? I, look, I think the business would have suggested that Barbie should have changed faster, yeah. for sure. A brand that has decades and decades of history 
probably any one of those brands goes through, mm -hmm. you know, cycles of, of, of peaks and, and pits. Yeah. And we had gone through a pit. However, the work that we did mm -hmm. to understand the dynamics of how to get out of that, mm -hmm. reflecting back to the origin story of the mm -hmm. brand, mm -hmm. is really what we could be most proud of that has led us to today's mm -hmm. Barbie, mm -hmm. um, which is double where it was mm -hmm. five years ago, yeah. is unbelievably culturally relevant, is on the cusp of this theatrical film that we couldn't be more proud of. The circuit continues after this quick break. Connecting human-led responsible AI with rich data sets is driving financial innovation in new and unexpected ways. Imagine a bank that uses AI to help detect fraud or a personalized financial planning tool that knows when you want to retire and where. Pretty amazing, right? But financial services companies need a secure and resilient network to support AI architecture. With the Next Level Network from AT&T Business, AI data travels at low latency through reliable, fast connectivity. So financial leaders can focus on what matters most, a better future for their businesses and their customers. Learn about connected solutions from AT&T Business at att.com slash y hyphen att hyphen business. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. All right, so now we're going to enter probably, you know, one of the most important parts of the doll design and development process, which is, of course, Barbie's hair. <gasps> yes. Come on. Hair. Uh, it's a I'm really important it. part of the plate <laughs> pattern uh, and also a really proprietary uh, way that we, um, we design Barbie's hair. Yeah. Uh, incredible expertise, uh, the finest of fabrics mm -hmm. and the various different ways that we present Barbie as the most inclusive and diverse doll line in the world, and a lot of it has to do with her hair and her look. All right. These are our amazing creators who Hi. are in the design group. This is Kim, who runs design for Hi, all of uh, Barbie, as well as other parts of the Mattel system, and this is Robert Best, one of our most famous uh, designers uh, in, in the Barbie organization, but also um, really a, a avid um, expert uh, in everything Barbie. Uh, has a fan following all by himself in terms of his own doll design, and we could not be more lucky to have these two on the Barbie team. So tell me about Barbie's hair. We're going to start at the beginning of the design okay. process, actually. All right. So everything starts with a sketch, and it starts with the designer's vision. And then we have an incredible group of hair designers and face designers that bring the designer's vision to life in 3D. And then we move into fiber choice. There's a board of colors oh and blends goodness. of fibers, all the varied textures. As I'm sure you've been talking about, diversity and inclusion and mm -hmm. representation is centered mm -hmm. in everything that we do. What were the Barbie. challenges that you faced trying to 
make her more diverse and experiment with these materials that you've been you were using for decades, but then had to change. Well, and some of it's in research and development. Yeah. So we develop hair fibers that are more varied than we had had in the past. And mm. you can see here this amazing knit fiber that gives you an absolutely fantastic, authentic texture okay. for the afro on that okay. doll. And then we continue to do that R&D, whether it's in braids or other sorts of fibers that allow the designers and our hair designers to bring to life the vision of, of a real woman mm -hmm. and her hair. So why don't we go see Aki, who's one of our hair rooters, okay. and you can see how we make that magic. Let's do it. Hi, Aki. Hi, this is Aki. Hi, Hi nice, nice to meet you. you. This okay. is an original machine that was used on the first Barbies that we used. We still use the originals wow. here to build our prototypes. And she's gonna show you how we take the hair from those spools and put it into the doll. Oh my goodness. So don't be afraid because sometimes people are, it's a, you know, it's a little disturbing yeah. <laughs> to see how the sausage is made. Yeah, and I don't think people yeah. think about how does that hair actually get in that head, you know? So she's gonna show you, so okay. go ahead, Aki. And so, so often what we do is we heat the heads a little bit so the, the plastisol's a little softer, but then she has Whoa. a needle that Whoa. draws the hair fiber, which is a continuous filament, into the needle and she guides along the periphery of the head. And each oh. stitch is locking into the head as she goes through. It's so intricate. You just don't realize how intricate that is. Yeah, and what she'll eventually do, once she roots the entire head, she'll then root a part line, she can root highlights in, um, she can begin the styling process, but each of our prototypes are done by hand. Uh -huh. Working with the specifications from the designers. Yeah. And we're also very specific about the number of stitches per inch. Okay. Barbie's hair is a very heroic part of the doll, and she's famous for her amazing hair. So is everyone who's making these doing it by hand? Or do you have machines do this in, in, in house, factories? In-house here for prototypes, we actually do them by hand. We have some automation process when we okay. reach the manufacturing stage. But the ones that we make here, while we're ideating and creating the next Barbies, are all created by hand. Okay. You'd be amazed how much hand work is actually done throughout the process of the creation of a Barbie. Even in manufacturing, there's hand braiding, there's other aspects, just to get wow. the design exactly right. I had no idea. Most people know. <laughs> and it's a fairly fast process. I mean, within a little bit now, she'll start to speed up. I'm not telling you to speed up. <laughs> I'm just describing it. But she'll start to speed up, and the next thing you'll see, the entire crown of the head will be yeah. covered. And then there's a stage where she'll brush it out, and it'll look like the Barbies that you see on yeah. shelf. How do you think about like what comes next? What should we do? What's that process like? Do we do this? Do we do that? I think it's a collaborative process between the creative teams, the marketing teams, sort of everybody just looking at ideas and looking to be as expansive as possible. Mm. We know that it's like, it's not perfect. It's not like a fully finished mm. thing. It's something that can always improve. I think you see that in terms of we are always looking at sort of what representation means and how important mm -hmm. that is and sort of seeing who do we serve currently? How can we serve more people better? And what does that mean? It's not always just a simple thing of a visual thing about aesthetics. It's about differently abled communities. Mm -hmm. It's about representation in its broadest form. So mm -hmm. we're always experimenting, talking to outside people, talking to our customers, listening to our customers. And that's, that's how you kind of get to this idea of 
pushing yourself mm -hmm. to kind of explore how that can look and how it could continue to expand because okay. we know we're not done, right? It's not like you can just kind of rest on our laurels, no, laurels. our no, favorite no expression, no laurel resting here. <laughs> yeah, I think insight, instinct equals innovation. Mm. Starting with insights, talking to parents, mm -hmm. kids, families, fans, taking the instincts of our designers, some of which are newer to the brand and some have a history on the brand, that's what gets us to the innovation. All of our prototypes are handmade, but then we have to get to mass production. So then the process of all of our manufacturing sources really figuring out how to bring this to life. Mm -hmm. It's great in, in this space, it's great in the design center, it's even better on shelf. Yeah. If we can't get it made, then the, the idea you know, is, right. is art versus an actual product mm -hmm. that can serve the consumers mm -hmm. that love the brand. Uh -huh. So I think it's really also like when we talk about the customer, you're serving everyone from like the oldest consumer or collectors who really like have an appreciation of details or maybe not looking to play with this doll as much as display or sort yeah. of like be, have it be part of their collection. Whereas like a younger audience, younger kids, it's about brushing the hair, styling the hair, playing yeah. with it. So these really long hairstyles like this incredible crimped style oh, with yes. like this would have been so fun to brush yeah I <laughs> yeah mean, i did a lot of brushing just like you i did know. some cutting too i yeah. mean how do you we feel know. about that i, I love actually, it i love it cut away yeah like i think it's the whole thing of giving permission that's the play the play aspect is like not limiting what that means and kids define it themselves right so cutting the hair is a big part of it because it's this thing of like you see it happen in real life yeah. and you're like that seems like a good idea I'm gonna do that to Barbie Shop. and the next thing you know it's tears and a horrible hairstyle and, your Barbie and you've has a learned mullet. a lesson yeah. but, that, but that's actually the best part of Barbie right we put the doll in the box but she comes to life when she gets in the hands of a kid and that's the beauty, that's the magic of the Barbie brand. That's, that's actually an amazing place to end. Thank you. Of Thank course. you so much. Well Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to The Circuit Podcast. Check out the full episode to hear more from Mattel CEO Inan Kreis, the architect of the company's new content strategy. We also sit down with Oscar-nominated producer Robbie Brenner, the heavyweight behind the upcoming Barbie film. If you want even more Barbie content, check out our recent episode of Bloomberg's The Big Take to hear about Barbie's high-stakes, big-screen debut. I'm Emily Chang. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TV. You can watch new episodes of The Circuit on Bloomberg Television or on demand by downloading the Bloomberg app to your smart TV. And let us know what you think by leaving us a review. I'm your host and executive producer. Our senior producer is Lauren Ellis. Our associate producer is Lizzie Phillip. Our editor is Sebastian Escobar. Thanks so much for listening. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.